Amen. Let's turn in our Bibles now to James chapter 3, making our way through this book of James, and we've come to the third chapter. And this is a, um, what can be kind of a difficult and convicting passage, because James addresses the things that we say. He addresses really the power of words, the power of language to do great help or to do great hurt. And, and um, he, he's already touched on it earlier in chapter 1. He had said that you need to be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. And later on towards the end of chapter 1, he said that, you know, if you claim to be religious but you don't control your, your tongue, that you're, it, it's worthless, that you're a hypocrite. But now he addresses it in the context of telling people, don't let many of you become teachers. You know, you're always wanting to give people advice. Everybody wants to teach. But the warning here is be careful because there's a real condemnation. There's a real judgment that can come from teaching. Now, that makes it sort of difficult for me to approach because it's like, okay, I'm going to get up here and say, you shouldn't be teachers, it's really dangerous, and then that's what I do. Um, but So it probably is going to nail me more than it's going to nail you, but be careful because you dish out your own share of advice and input into people's lives, and we're all held accountable for what comes out of our mouth. You remember being told when you were a kid, and I'm sure it was good intention, but people said, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And that's what you tell people when they get hurt by words. Oh, words don't hurt. But the truth is really exactly the opposite. The fact is, words hurt much more than broken bones do. Words can do so much more damage than mere sticks and stones, because what happens is, you know, you get banged up, you get bruised, you get broken, and you generally heal. And for the most part, you move past it. Now, some of us, as we're getting older, we have physical reminders of hurts from the past physically. I, I was in New York for a couple of days this week with my son Danny, and we walked all over Manhattan, and I'm feeling every injury that I've ever had. I, I had a torn posterior ligament in my knee years ago from, a, from getting hurt in a karate tournament and getting my knee hyperextended. And man, I feel it now as much as I did when it happened, I think, except then I couldn't walk. But the truth is, in a much greater way, don't we all feel and remember things that people have said about us, people that think, things that people have said to us, both in good and bad ways. You know, I believe that the power of language is a power that enables people to program other people. And often, if we're honest about it, we would have to come to the conclusion that to a great degree, we are products of things that were said to us and things that were said about us. One of the, a couple of the questions that we put for discussion questions this week for the home fellowships have to do with thinking back on teachers that you had and what they said and how you benefited from them, but also what things have been said to you that you carry with you that were hurtful? What things have been said to you that were good and beneficial that you'll never forget? 
the truth is the ability to communicate, the ability to use words is something that's really powerful one way or the other. And James goes into that a lot here. Now, before we get into James chapter 3, though, James is a book that's, that many people have tied in with the book of Proverbs because it's full of practical wisdom. And you almost want to read Proverbs along with James because everything that James talks about, Proverbs has a lot to say as well. So before we go into James chapter 3, I just want to call your attention to a handful of verses. The book of Proverbs, the book of wisdom, has a lot to say about what we say. And just, just for a sampling, turn back to Proverbs chapter 15. And we'll just pull a few of these out. Just so you know, I'm not making that up. Proverbs 15, verse 1. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise uses knowledge rightly, but the mouth of fools pours forth foolishness. Verse 4. A wholesome or a healing tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. Verse 7, the lips of the wise disperse knowledge, but the heart of the fool does not do so. Verse 14, the heart of him who has understanding seeks knowledge, but the mouth of fools feeds on foolishness. Verse 23, a man has joy by the answer of his mouth, and a word spoken in due season, how good it is. The, verse 26, the thoughts of the wicked are an abomination to the Lord, but the words of the pure are pleasant. Verse 28, the heart of the righteous studies how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours forth evil. Verse 30, the light of the eyes rejoices the heart, and a good report makes the bones healthy. Down in chapter 16, verse 1, the preparations of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. Chapter 16, verse 10, divination is on the lips of the king. His mouth must not transgress in judgment. Verse 13, righteous lips are the delight of kings, and they love him who speaks what is right. Verse 21, the wise in heart will be called prudent. Sweetness of the lips increases learning. Verse 23, the heart of the wise teaches his mouth and adds learning to his lips. Verse 24, pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the bones, and it goes on and on. <laughs> but Solomon knew how important this issue was. And so here is James in James chapter 3 tackles this issue. We need to be prepared for understanding that what he is saying here is really, really important for all of us, something that is often neglected. But the power of what words can really do is pretty profound. Here in James chapter 3, beginning with verse 1, he says, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man and able also to bridle the whole body. Let's stop there for a moment. He lets us know, as he does later on down in verse 8, where he says, no man can tame the tongue. 
what he's saying is, what I'm talking to you about, this is virtually impossible to have complete victory. This is not something that you want to grade yourself based on all one way or all the other way. This is one of the greatest challenges that you will ever face in your life. The challenge to tap into the power of words. The challenge to get a handle on what comes out of our mouth, what it is that we have to say. The consequences of ignoring that are just disastrous. But the benefits of understanding this are enormous and life-changing as well. But he lets us know this isn't going to be easy. And so I'll just let you know right off the bat, this isn't going to be easy. This may not be, you know, painless. Um, but I hope it's rewarding and encouraging. It's just so important we can't neglect it. Now as he goes on there in verse 2, notice at the end he said, if you could control your, your words, you're a perfect man or a mature man, able also to bridle the whole body. Now he goes on with that thought and says, Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. Now, here what he's saying is the tongue is, in some sense, the nerve center of your life. It's what, if you focus on what you say and you can get a handle on your speech, then in a lot of ways, in the same way that you can control an animal with a bridle, that if you, if you control the animal's mouth, you control their head. If you control their head, you control the direction of their body. And it, it applies in a whole lot of different areas. The way you're directed is the way you're going to go. And then he uses the image of the rudder, this little rudder that can turn a huge ship just by being placed in a strategic place. He says the tongue is that way. The tongue is something that will end up, you get control of your tongue, you'll have control of a whole bunch of other stuff. You'll be able to control yourself if you can control your tongue. So often we try to believe that we can discount what we say, that we can take back the words that we give out because we'll show in other ways what we're made of. But James is going to completely zero in on and nail us for that. But the reason he's giving us this importance, first of all, is because it's a challenge to say, why don't you put the control of your mouth ahead of a whole lot of other things, and you may find that though your life is completely out of control, if you work on what you say, you can be having a huge effect as a rudder does for a ship or as a bridle does for a horse. But he goes on and as he says, like a little, little fire can burn a whole forest. The tongue is a fire, verse 6, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire by hell. 
For every kind of bird and beast, reptiles, creatures of the sea, you can tame them all by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. It's an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Now, here, and oh, and then he goes on and says there in verse 9, with it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the image of God. <clears throat> so here's what he's getting at. The tongue has huge potential. Potential for good, potential for evil. And we need to understand how critical it is. We need to understand what a big deal it is. Take responsibility for what we say. You, you know how hard it is when you say something that you didn't want to say. You say something hurtful. And, and then we spend a whole lot of time trying to convince people that we didn't mean what we said. And I think that one of the greatest lies that's ever told is the statement, I didn't mean that. Oh, the truth is, the problem is, you did mean it. And when someone gets angry and they say something that's awful, it's showing what's in their heart. Jesus talked about that, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so really, it becomes a mirror for us of who we are, and we don't like that. <clears throat> and rather repent and ask God to change us, we would rather try to just make up for it. But you tell me, when someone says something hurtful to you, if they then say something nice to you, does it neutralize things? Of course not. We are much more prone to hear negative things that people say than we are you know, to hear the positive things. And so often people can't figure out why they're not able to have a healthy relationship when they spew forth hurtful comments and then they balance them off with something nice and something that they think neutralizes it. The truth is, as I said, if we could understand how much we are the product of what has been said to us and about us, we'd probably be shocked. Every one of us is going through life carrying old wounds. Wounds of statements that people made to us that attempted to define us, that attempted to degrade us, that put us in a position of inferiority. And so we pick up those kinds of comments all along the way. And it isn't always just what someone says. It's whatever is communicated. Sometimes it's just with a look. Sometimes it's simply with a gesture. Or sometimes it's just by looking away and ignoring someone and thus making a statement that says, you don't matter. Well, I, you know, if you don't recognize that this has affected you, then perhaps you're also not recognizing how you may be affecting others. But James is trying to get down to that, and the reason it's so important is simply the potential of what is said can be absolutely destructive. And he spends more time on the destructive side than he does on the constructive side, but he makes it clear in either way what we say is powerful. I can remember negative things that were said to me 50 years ago, and they still sort of define... I, I can say that I don't believe it, but I'm resisting it, I'm fighting against it. I, when people say something bad about me and I hear about it, it's easy to discount the person, you know, because what we would like to believe is 
what we say to each other. Hey, consider the source. You know, yeah, they said that, but they're wrong. And you can get all sorts of evidence that someone's wrong, but it doesn't matter. You still know there's that little voice, there's that little sentence, there's that word, there's that sentiment. And, you know, if it's somebody who's just completely out of their mind who says something about you, it still affects you. It really does. And a hundred other people saying that's not true, it doesn't matter. The damage is done. Maybe you've even been hurt by somebody who said something and they were totally kidding. And you're still wondering, but wait, why was that so funny? Why would they even choose that way to insult me? And again, there are always people in our lives who will say good things, and often it's because they need to or they were prodded to. You know, it's Mother's Day. And so, you know, when your mother says nice things about you, it doesn't quite have the effect that when other people say it. Because they're moms. They see things from that perspective. They tend to, you know, really want to build you up. And that's a good thing. But, but still, and of course, way destructive if a mom is destructive in what she says. And we all have, you know, memories of things that, you know, stick in your head that you think, oh, that was, that hurt, that, that injured. But, you know, it's like when you gals, when you go out and get your hair done, get a whole different haircut, and you come home, and your husband doesn't say anything about your new haircut. And then, so you say, so what do you think? And the, you just see the wheels racing, like, oh, shoot, what is this? <laughs> and, and then they go, um, oh, you, you got rid of your glasses. You got contact lenses. They go, yeah, five years ago. Guess again. Is that a new outfit? No, I've had this forever. Um, your hair. And they start to light up, and, and it's like, it's a different color. And I changed my color two years ago on my hair. Okay, give me a hint. And then, and then they go, wow, it looks great. That's an awesome haircut. Does anyone really feel, feel that excited about somebody who's just badgered into telling you it's a nice haircut? But the truth is, do you really want the truth anyway? That Sorry, guys just don't notice that sort of thing. Um, but it's different if a girl gets her hair cut and she's then heads off to the store to do something and a total stranger comes up and says, where did you get your hair done? I love that. That haircut is perfect. It makes your eyes look good. This is awesome. How? It's like, oh, you feel so good because they have no ulterior motive. But all of that demonstrates still what language does, what words can communicate, what a difference they make. Think back, aren't there things that people said to you years and years ago that you still feel good? You still remember? Remember some of the earliest memories you had of people saying something good about you? Doesn't that touch you? Doesn't that still affect you? And at the same time, hurtful things that people had said that then you're still carrying that with you. It's still affecting you. And maybe you've discounted it completely. Maybe you've just lived your whole life trying to live that down and trying not to be that way. But James would say, do you realize that you have the chance to affect people that way? 
Do you understand that you have the power to do that, to affect people? And how many of us really think about that? Really consider, okay, when I open my mouth and when I say something, this is something that can start someone on fire. This is something that can be very destructive, can do serious damage to someone. Or I can say something that is encouraging, and a person might carry that with them. You know, and, and James is just saying, do you realize how serious the opportunity is that you can program into other people's lives by what you say? What you say makes a difference. And it really does. And so he's warning us, be careful. You don't want to be somebody else's story about, I'll never forget when they said that. And then it doesn't matter. You could take it back. Hey, come on, I apologize. Grace, forget the past. That doesn't, that doesn't always take it away. Because you know that what somebody said, they really did feel it at that moment. And they can change their mind but that's still not going to change the baggage that you're carrying through life. And so James would remind us of, of our own situations and then to realize you have that capacity for others. How seriously do you take the opportunity that you have to communicate with language, with words? What you say is defining people, is categorizing people. And the damage... Well, that's been done. But the challenge and the opportunity is incredible to make a difference for good. Those of you who are parents, please understand that everything that you say to your children, it may seem like they're not listening to you at all, but the truth is you just don't know which things are soaking in and which aren't. People tend to have somewhat selective memories, but when you say something that marginalizes your child or puts them down or tells them you're never going to amount to anything or you're a failure, we're not proud of you or why can't you be like your brother or whatever, when, when we say those things, those will be carried on if the Lord tarries long after we're gone. We put those labels on our kids. At the same time, the good news is that to let your kids know that you're proud of them to let them feel your satisfaction, to let them know that you value them, that you're not just looking at them and figuring what's wrong with you, who are your real parents, but you're instead saying, I am telling you things that I want you to remember. I am saying things to you that matter. And this is whether you write something to someone, whether you just communicated in person or emailed them or called them on the phone or whatever. Some of the most humbling experiences of my life have been when, you know, there, there are times when I just wrote somebody a, a note. And, you know, people don't do that too much anymore, but I'd write someone a little note congratulating them for something or telling them that I'm praying for them. And... I forget all about it. I send it off. And sometimes years later, they show me that they still have that. And I read it over, and I'm like, wow, that's pretty good. You know, but, I, <laughs> but I'm so glad. I, you know, there have been a few cases where kids that I knew 
as they were going through school, that I would write them a letter, and then the Lord ends up taking them, and they're, and they're with the Lord. And at the funeral, they collect all the things that were, that were just a blessing to them. And alongside like their letterman's jacket and their Little League trophy, I'd see a letter that I wrote them. And I'm like, I had no idea. That took me a half hour of my life. And how many kids do I know who I wish I had a chance to go back and do that for them? How many you know, possibilities did I have of making a difference for people by understanding that words have consequences? Please take the time. Please understand what you say, good or bad, becomes everything, is so powerful. This is the rudder of your ship, how you use your words. There are many, many words I wish I could take back. Many, many opportunities that I, where I failed to say what I wanted to say. But the truth is, it makes a difference. And I can't change the past. But I can certainly plant seeds now that will have that kind of fruit later. And for many of us, communication isn't an easy thing. And some of us may be shy and we don't like to say much, but you know, when you're that way, it's even more powerful when you go out of your way to actually say it, to really communicate. Sometimes when you just talk all the time, nothing you say matters. But when you don't say much, then what you say really matters, and Proverbs talks about that a lot too. But he goes on to say here in verse 9, after saying how poisonous the tongue can be, in verse 9 he says, With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the image of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does the spring send forth fresh water and bitter? From the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. Here, after talking about how powerful words are, then he says also there's a problem is that you are giving out inconsistent deliveries of messages. And it's confusing. And the truth is, like we said, you can't just cancel out the positive with the negative. You know, that's like saying, you know, to someone, you look a mess today, but I think you're still better than yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) See, you cannot neutralize negative with positive. You ultimately need to decide, do I want to be someone who programs good into people, or do I want to be consistently critical? Very, very few people really need to be criticized. People don't need to be told what's wrong about them. The devil has that one down. He is the accuser of the brethren. And when we accuse each other, we are following the one who is called the father of lies. That's why he says, man, The tongue, when it's on fire, it's like it's coming from hell. Because that's the devil's whole deal. He came into the Garden of Eden, a perfect place, and he planted a few lies. And even though 
they should have known. I mean, they heard the word of God. They knew what he had to say. Yet we have this tendency to believe lies in our flesh. And so they chose that. And ever since then, there are plenty of people who will be happy to cooperate with the devil. And there will always be people who will sucker for what he has to say as we go to the well wanting fresh water and we we get salt water. We go and desire something that's good and, and we get something ugly and awful. And the more you love someone, the more it hurts when they say something damaging to you. And the more it means good when they say something that's a blessing to you. And so, you know, James is here just saying, it shouldn't be this way. You need to fight for a consistency. Now, remember, he said it's not easy. They don't expect, yeah, that's it. I'm just going to say only good things. But honestly, how many of us are even trying, really, to say, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. How many of us are even praying that? Okay, God, today what I want to do is bring positive words, positive energy, positive sentiment into people's lives, and nothing that brings them down, nothing that discourages them, nothing that is negative to them. Discourage or encourage? To, to encourage people is to say things that give them courage. That what you say makes them want to go for it. To discourage someone is that what you say deflates their courage. Causes them to just go, Ugh. If we are enthusiastic, we are, and, and the word actually means to put God in to someone, it's like, hey, Come on, I, I, I'm picking you up. I'm lifting you up. But on the other hand, there are things we can say that can just burst people's balloons. The choice is ours. Jesus, when talking to the Pharisees about the, the uh, unpardonable sin over in Matthew chapter 12, and why don't you turn over there? This is a passage that you might want to read later. Matthew 12, beginning with verse 33, Jesus said, Either make the tree good, and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad, and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart... The mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word that men will speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Jesus said, why don't you make up your mind? You cannot have it both ways. Either you have a good heart that brings out good things, or you have a bad heart that brings out bad things. But he said the great indicator of where your heart is is what comes out of your mouth. Before, 
Jesus had said, you know, it isn't what goes into your mouth that corrupts you. It's what comes out of your mouth that really shows what's wrong with you. And I think for a lot of us, it's time to take that to heart, to take responsibility for the communication that we give out and recognize that didn't just come from somebody else. That came from you. And as long as people won't own their own communication, as long as people think they can just say what they want and then take it back or go, come on, I've done a lot for you in the past, then what you're doing is denying the reality of who you really are. And when, it wouldn't be a bad idea to carry a tape recorder around and listen to what you say in a day. Not a great idea, but not necessarily a bad idea, because that will tell you who you are, really. As much as who you are has been defined by the garbage that people have communicated to you and the good that people have said to you, so what you communicate will show you your heart. And you'll either be justified or you'll be seen to be the bad fruit that you are. And James would just say, this is where it all starts. This is nerve central for who you are right here. That mouth, that ability to communicate, that capacity to define people in a way that's destructive or to build them up in a way that encourages and moves them forward. And the old thing that your mom used to say, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. Obviously, if people followed that, there would be no TV news. It would be quiet everywhere. But what if we really did live like that? What if we decided, I have so much power in what I say that I'm going to be really careful about it? Now, again, it's not to be paranoid. There's a, and, and sometimes as a teacher, you struggle with this because it's like, Man, I, I mean, I'm gonna, I get up there every week and I say all these words and according to James, I, I'm bound to hurt someone. And so I can just get so paranoid that I, I don't want to offend anybody and I, just, and I can become just really politically correct and just say things really sweet and smooth and just read you nice little poetry. And that's not communication. Um, I take the responsibility, however, very seriously and... I try to at least make sure that the people that I offend are the people that need to be offended <laughs> and that the people who really need to be built up, I, I do that for them. But ultimately, it's about this consistency whereby what we say is making a positive difference in people's lives. Jesus had that capacity that even when he was critical, who was he critical of? The phony religious people. Jesus didn't have anything bad to say to the people who we would say deserved it the most. Like, Jesus, why weren't you out there preaching against slavery? Why weren't you out there preaching against prostitution? Why weren't you out there preaching against all these other things? And he was known as a friend of sinners. Because when people were gross sinners, they at least knew they were sinners. The religious people are so much more dangerous because they pretend to speak for God and what they do is tear people to ribbons. The damage that has been done to people's lives in those days, even prior to that, and up to this very day by people who think they're better than other people, 
That's what really made Jesus angry, always. But to people who needed to be lifted up because they had been torn down, he was there for them. And he always had something, a blessing to say. You know, the the woman caught in adultery. Imagine her feeling when she expected fully to be stoned, and instead she heard the Savior who cleared the crowd out for her and then said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Inspiring words that have inspired people ever since. What James would say to each of us is, we have that chance. We have that opportunity. And there may be, a, there may be opportunities for you this morning before you leave church to make a huge difference in someone's life. You understand what you say to someone today may determine whether they live or die, and you go, oh, come on, this is church. Yeah, but it's second service. There's a lot of riffraff. No, I'm just kidding. No, seriously, in a group of people this size, I guarantee you there's at least one person here who's really wondering whether they want to live or die. And what if one of us says something to them that makes them want to live, or that makes them want to die? What if there's somebody who came here and they don't know anything about Jesus, their mom guilted them into coming to church for Mother's Day, and they're kind of looking to see, I don't know, I wonder what these people are like. And whether you go and greet them or smile at them, or whether you hang out with your little clique of friends, is going to make a difference as to whether they will ever consider that Jesus Christ might love them and have, a, have something that he wants to do in their lives. Understand, that's a huge responsibility, but a great blessing. We can make a difference for people. We really can breathe life into their lives. It's what Jesus came to do. He did it so well, and he gives us the opportunity. There are people here today who desperately need to hear God telling them, you're okay. He gives you a fresh start. You've been forgiven. You don't need to carry the burden anymore. I don't care what other people have told you about who you are. I can tell you what God says about you. And he has set you free. And he loves you passionately. He sent his son to die. And if you were the only person here, he would have done it. Because you're that special to him. What a powerful message. And the best part about it is it's true. And we have the opportunity to share that good news. Is it important enough? I don't know, are people important enough? Are lives, do lives matter that much? I understand that you are carrying scars and pain from the way you've been treated. But that chain can stop today. Maybe as a parent, you've said horrible things to your kids. And maybe your kids are grown now and they really don't want to have anything to do with you. Do you understand they still care what you say? You have a a unique opportunity to communicate with them. It's not too late to start to do it right. Everything starts now. Our opportunity is now. And we can make a difference with this powerful, powerful weapon. And that is human language the use of the tongue, the use of the written word, in whatever way that we communicate to be able to bring God's love into people's lives instead of 
bitterness and judgmentalism and legalism and anger and displeasure and criticism and all those things. And James is just wanting us to know this is a big deal. It's why Solomon in Proverbs probably spent more time on this topic than any other topic. Because the power is there. It all comes down to that. Let me make a suggestion for you this week. Stop worrying about everything else that you're trying to control in your life for a little while, maybe for a week. You know, maybe you've just been going, I just can't keep my house clean and I'm going to really do it this week. Maybe you're on a diet. You're like, man, I'm getting so fat and disgusting and I I just need to watch what I'm eating. And Maybe you've been trying to quit smoking and you're like, Nicorette gum and nicotine patches and sucking on those plastic fake cigarettes and you do. Let me just and those are all good things, but let me make a suggestion. Why don't you just quit trying to do all that stuff? Quit trying to get your finances in order. Quit trying to get and just for a week to say, you know what? This week I'm going to focus on how I use my tongue, how I use my mouth. I am going to try to say as much as possible things that will give people power and freedom and grace and love and value. And I'm going to put a lid on saying anything that hurts anyone else or that tears anyone down. You know, it's amazing, like James says, you'll be surprised how when you work on what you say, it's going to affect a whole lot of other things in your life. I mean, do you have a sense that if you're struggling with with food, Maybe there are reasons other than just that you need to eat the right stuff. People who struggle with food, it's other issues that cause that to us. People who want to sit there and suck smoke into their body and blow it back out to make everyone else sick, you don't just kind of do that because it seems like a good idea. There are other issues that are involved in our lives. And in every other way, people who live in messes, people who have whatever problem it is, we are, we're just rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic if we try to repair our lives and we don't get down to this one issue. And at the same time, you might be amazed at what else changes in your life if you spend a week only trying to say good things and making sure that you avoid saying anything that hurts anyone else. You might start to feel grace it might, God might give you the victory over some of those things that you have that hurt you because you're starting to understand that though people have said things that wounded me deeply, I am not going to respond in kind because I'm not going to let those people control who I am. And so for every time I can remember someone said something bad about me, I am going to go say something good to someone else. And it's a way to take the power back of your life. And that's why it's the rudder to your ship. It's the, it's the control panel of who you are. And I, I would challenge you, I would encourage you just this week, just worry about that. Just go for that. Try to, try to live that out. Try to plant as many seeds as possible with people of good things. And try to just avoid dumping your garbage on others. Try to avoid being the critic. Try to avoid being the one who's always telling people what's wrong. Just shut up about that. 
Your tongue is too valuable to waste it doing that kind of stuff. And so is mine. Let's pray. Lord, thanks for your word. We, this is a hard one. This is painful. Because we're torn between all the bad things that have been said to us and all the bad things we've said. But please call our attention to the positive side, Lord. Every one of us, people have said things that really blessed us. And we've had opportunities to say things to others that have been positive. Please help us to be more proactive and intentional about how we use our mouth, our communication ability. Oh God, help us to have victory specifically in various areas this week in our lives. As we commit to focusing on this as being the most important issue we have, help us to represent you well and to use the power that we have for good. We thank you in Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand. If you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ, never come into a relationship with him, he has so much good to share. In fact, what he tells us about you, he calls it the good news. He has great news. He sent his son to die for you. You can start life over. You can be forgiven. And if you want to enter into a relationship with him and then have the ability through the Holy Spirit being inside you to help you to use the power that you have in your tongue, then I'd encourage you to come down after the service. There'll be people down here who would love to pray with you and bring you into a relationship with the Lord.